Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's BudPod93. Does that sound like anything to you? I've got something in mind. Uh, 93. um, That's around how old the Queen is. Ah. I think she might be 94 now, actually. Ugh, I've got to save that for next week now. She has two ages. She's got her official age, (laughs) and then she has the age she agreed on with the devil. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she has her official age and her stage age. What's your stage 94, age? I was right. She's 94. 94, there you go. I think that... Um, what, do you th- what do you think it's like to to be born into a job that you know you can't retire from? I... That, uh, yeah. I mean, it's sort of the same as being born on a farm that people expect you to take over. I yeah. think I think someone who's born in on a farm is as trapped as the queen <laughs> was when she was born. Yeah, I think that's probably right. But it's and they fun. wear basically the same clothes. <laughs> there's always the queen's always horses. in the fucking shooting jacket and wellies. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of riding horses and uh, uh, trying to heat buildings that are too large. For modern heating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the life of uh, the poor aristocracy. Yes. Yes, you, that's the... Uh, I, I read this interesting thing, this fun fact that uh, uh, the only woman who's ever driven the um, king of Saudi Arabia is the queen. Yes, in a, a Land Rover around her estate. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine I, I will let a woman drive me, but it can't just be any woman. <laughs> it I, must uh, be the womaniest woman. Oh, no, well, I guess she isn't the womaniest woman, or whatever that would mean. I like her. She uh, is... It's not even the most powerful woman. What would you say the queen is? She's not the most... Man, maybe she's no. She's not the most famous woman. I think she might be the most famous woman because she's on everybody's you fucking think? money. Do you think she's more famous than, say, Beyonce? Yes. Really? Yeah. Y- yeah, I think you're right. I think because old people know the Queen as well. Yeah, exactly. You have to remember as well that also, if it's about recognizability, Beyonce's head isn't on the coins of like a third of the world. Yeah, gosh, I, you know what? Living in London, you take for granted that the most famous woman in the world lives down the road. Grandma. Grandma. Grandma, grandma England. Old Grandma England lives down there. <laughs> Old Nanny UK. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I... It's funny, isn't it? Maybe like she's a bit like us in the sense that we we possibly don't ever think about what we'll do after we're done with stand up. 
Like, we, you can't retire. It's kind of always there, isn't it? Looming. She can't think, like... That's right. She's not like, well, you know, after after I'm done being queen, I guess I'll just uh, I'll get really into watercolour. Like, that never, that, that never comes up. No, I think she and we understand that we will die doing this. <laughs> we will die doing what we do. <laughs> so not by choice. Yeah, exactly. Because it's too important to stop. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's too inspiring. I I was going to say, I think Bud Pod 93 sounds like an early Sega game. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Um, yeah, when you when you when you start the podcast, uh, there's a, a bling <coughs> noise. Da, 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 it's sort of like old midi style. <laughs> yeah, I see a guy with uh, with uh, chasing a football. Like the the loading screen, you know, the home page, the main menu is just a guy with a football. Swing, yeah. and then you click, trees, you trees hit new episode. What was that? When you when you press on new episode, the screen flashes and it's like, <laughs> and then it goes on to the next menu. I was saying when he's when he's running, there's like pixelated trees flying behind him and like birds and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that really aggressive. When I was a kid, I, I found that the the voice going going Sega. I thought it was the funniest thing in the world <laughs> because it was such a stupid fucking like Muppet voice to suddenly pop up. I don't recall that sound. When did you get that sound? Sega! It was, um... I had a Sega Saturn. I never ever heard that Sega uh, Saturn. Some, some of us had the Mega Drive, Phil. No, I never had Mega Drive. Am I misremembering? I can't I can't have made that up. I swear I've talked with other people about this. I swear! Sega! So you, you had, like, Kermit the Frog. Well, no, it wouldn't be Kermit. That sounds more, that's more like uh, the Cookie Monster. Yeah. Saying that, Sega. Yeah. Yelling Sega at you through your little machine. It's funny, like, how pixel art forces your imagination into, like, filling in the gaps and stuff, and sometimes can seem even, like, better looking than bad 3D. That's right. I was just thinking how strange it was that, you know, my cousin would would start uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and be all pixelated-y, but it didn't matter. I was like, wow! <laughs> It's the t- Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. And like, I never went, oof, these graphics could do with some spit shine. It, was, it, never, even con- it never even occurred to me that it should look better. Until yes. it did look better. And then you look back and go, that looked like fucking shit. <laughs> I feel like an idiot for wasting my time with all that. Yeah, that you're just squinting at three blocks. It's like with an iPhone, you know, you... I have an iPhone 10 now, and now I'm looking around everyone's iPhone 12s, and my iPhone 10 looks like something from the 70s. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> the hell is this? <laughs> Where did I get this? 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh. Your your yeah. iPhone screen is all like, um, just like black with green text on, like Alien. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It just makes typewriting I have, underst- I have to understand, like, C++ to be able to... Use Google Maps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Google Maps is all in green text. Yeah, every time you send a text that starts with that little arrow sign flashing. Like you're yeah. in MS-DOS. Hello, world. <laughs> now, Phil, there's a new story I want to talk to you about. Oh, this is a Bud Pod first. Yeah, I think 
I think it's it's rare that we just go for news stories. One of the few times that that's happened, of course, was Uncle Fatty. Um, Uncle Fatty, yeah. From time to time, a story emerges that we can't, we just can't ignore. Uncle Fatty was one. Yeah. And there haven't been any others <laughs> until today. Yes. Yes, and God, and God, God rest your soul, Uncle Fatty, wherever you are out there. Um, so, uh, as you know, Phil, I grew up partially on the Isle of Man. Mm-hmm. And I would say mm, many people have sent me this this news story on on WhatsApp or or. or or what have you. I think they've all thought Pierre needs to see this because it's to do with the Isle of Man. And they're right. They're all right. They're all correct to do that. So, <clears throat> here's the story. A Scottish man has reportedly been jailed for breaching coronavirus rules after he rode a jet ski from Scotland to the Isle of Man to see his girlfriend. <laughs> Did he make it? He made it. Wow. Dale McLaughlin, 28, from North Ayrshire, met his girlfriend in September while working as a roofer on the island. On Friday, determined to see her despite coronavirus rules banning non-residents from entering the island without special permission, he made the four-and-a-half-hour journey by jet ski. Four-and-a-half hours on a jet ski. Despite never having driven a personal watercraft before. That's just impressive, I think. <laughs> This is the problem. Man, how cute is this girl? Well, this I got I got to see this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that girl? Yeah. <laughs> Bloody Helen of Troy out there on the Isle of Man. <laughs> the face that launched one Scottish jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's a a couple of leagues down from old Helen, but she's still launching uh, sea craft. Yeah. More than I've done. <laughs> yeah. Is my, do you think her face is beautiful enough to launch a thousand ships? Eh, maybe a Scottish jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what? Ranking the, uh, women's appearance on a scale of 1 to 10 as archaic. Yes. Let's go actual archaic and do it with sea craft. How <laughs> many waterborne vessels... Could Yo Gal launch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is she then... a six or is she a ten battleships? You know, something like this. <laughs> How many U boats could she stealthily launch <laughs> into North Sea shipping lanes? <laughs> this that's the thing about this story. If someone just went, Oh, someone jet ski Scotland to the Isle of Man, people think the Isle of Man is the Isle of Wight and they think it's like a ten minute ferry journey. It's not. It's halfway to Ireland. It's a long way. See my mind that isn't far. In my mind, Ireland is about as far off the English coast as the Isle of Man is. No as the Isle of Wight is. Sorry. Oh really? You think it's like a hop and a skip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, like even like the normal ferry, you have to you, you take. What's it? To, from what's it like compared to the to the channel to France? Is it more or less the distance? Yeah, uh, depends if you're measuring from the shortest point of the channel to Calais or the longest point. Mm, I guess I would make all the difference, but it's comparable. It's definitely comparable. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, four and a half hours on a jet ski in this weather. In this, in, in this economy. In this economy. A jet ski. In this economy. 
He said he thought it would take 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. It's, I'm amazed he had enough, like, petrol. Like, they're not exactly known for their range jet skis. Yeah, I don't... This is this is like something that like a, a kind of a smuggler would do try, to try and flee Cuba. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or I mean, it, it has drug run written all over it. Yes, it does. It really does, doesn't it? Do you think that the girlfriend knew, or did he just show up soaking wet and shivering from jet ski travel, being like, "I'm here." If if she knew, and she didn't say, "For God's sake, don't try." <laughs> to ride a jet ski from Scotland to the Isle of Man. She's not got his best interests at heart. To I mean, be perfectly frank. Yes, she's it, you know you know you know you know what this is, Phil? It's toxic. It's toxic femininity. It's Why to- don't we talk about toxic femininity more? <laughs> Enough's enough. Oh, yeah, yeah, toxic masculinity is making spaces unsafe for this guy rode a jet ski for four hours. <laughs> Why isn't this? You won't see this on the BBC, Pierre. You, you know, you know what, Phil? You won't see this on the MSM. <laughs> the, MSM. the man shitting media. The- you won't see this on the man shaming media. The MSM <laughs> with its pro jet ski agenda. <laughs> Ah, uh, man, I wonder where he landed. Did he find, like, a little beach? Are there beaches on the Isle of Man, or would he have had to scale some rocks? Um, it depends where he landed. There are many beaches and many rocks. Apparently he arrived in uh, Ramsey at 1pm, and then walked 15 miles to the capital, Douglas, to see his girlfriend. Well, at that point, in for a penny, in for a pound, I suppose. What? what is Ram- Ramsey is the capital, so the city, is it? Of no, Isle? Douglas is, the, is the, the main city. Ramsey's a kind of northern fishing town. I love that your towns are just named after a guy. It's Ramsey and Douglas. <laughs> Ramsey, Douglas, Steve, Alan, you know. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going into Alan tonight. Whoa, <laughs> TMI. <laughs> Phil, this man rode a jet ski across the Irish Sea in winter for four and a half hours, landed, presumably soaking wet, walked 15 miles into a town, and breached quarantine laws in two different uh, legal districts. My question is, what does this... Have the Proclaimers written a song about it yet? <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to. And I want to get on a jet ski over it. <laughs> My question is, Phil, what did this girl do to this man to inspire this level of dedication? Do you have the answer to this, or is this conjecture time? It's conjecture time. Check your watch. Okay. <laughs> Check your watch, Phil. It might be conjecture time. <laughs> <laughs> it's conjecture o'clock. <laughs> I would argue um, it's conjecture o'clock. Well, he's a roofer. She must have expressed a genuine interest in tiles, maybe. Mm. That's when he knew she was the woman for him. So you think that he was like... Uh... You're the, you're the first girl who's ever understood what it's like to be a roofer. I've never met a girl like you before. I'll drive a jet ski for you. And she'd go, oh, don't, don't, you, oh, you do go on. And she didn't believe him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she thought it was I, a, charming, I, I, a charming Scottish phrase. 
I would be thrilled if it doesn't work out. I'd be so happy. <laughs> Imagine if he, t- he turned up at her door after riding a jet ski for four hours and walking 15 miles, and she just went, I'm not really looking for anything serious right now. <laughs> or just they both sort of went, oh, without the roofing talk, you know, you, you, you kind of find each other annoying. <laughs> Do you have any information about the lady? The woman? Uh, no, no, we don't. We don't. We only know about the sins. The sins of, of, I think, Dylan it was. And has he been fined? He is in court. Fine, the boy. The police That's got me, him. sat on the throne in Douglas. Fine, the boy. He's been jailed. Wow! Yeah, the other men don't take no shit when it comes to quarantine. Jailed? That's a bit much, isn't no. it? No, no, no. You do not. Thou shalt not jet ski to the island and spit in the face of its ancient kings. Jail the boy. <laughs> that's me. That's the king of the Isle of Man. <laughs> you would ride a jet ski roughshod over the graves of our very ancestors. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. It's I'm impressive. Very impressed. Also, how horny is this man? That's what it comes down to, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he sort of lost the horn two hours into the jet ski ride. was like, <laughs> well, I'm now closer to the Isle of Man than I am close to home. I might as well. <laughs> two hours into his four and a half hour jet ski ride, he he just went, he just remembered wanking. <laughs> He just went. Would, oh. Where do you get the jet ski from? Is there like, is there a a jet ski sort of outdoor sports company currently missing a unit, or does he just have one for just such an occasion? His 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 fuck jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> That's his. It's it's. He has to use. He has to really get his money's worth. So like every nightclub, you know. Do you like jet skis? Just every chat-up line. He calls it his fuck boy, but boy spelt B-U-O-Y. <laughs> he tries to he tries to shorten it even more by calling it his J-ski. <laughs> J-ski. Yeah. Hey, wh- hey, man, where are you? You're late to the party. You, you're not you're not coming on your jet ski, are you? We we told you to take a cab. No, uh, oh no, I'll get I'll get there when I get there. <laughs> Which part of Scotland is this? Who is he from? Uh it says he's from North Ayrshire. Ayrshire. Where's which where's Ayrshire? It's 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 pretty north. It's near the Hebrides. I think it might c- ah. contain some of the inner Hebrides. Let's have a look. So, he is also of a seafaring folk. Yes, to be fair. To be fair, he absolutely is. Uh oh no, don't God, I accidentally clicked the Google homepage and now it's trying to explain what Christmas is to me. Oh, yeah. I, is it is the homepage today happy anniversary to Christmas? Oh, I, that's right. North Ayrshire is like um, a little bit of land to the left of Glasgow and then the Isle of Arran, I think. I don't think you're supposed to say left. Well, if you look at a map, it is on the left. To the west. <laughs> 
Where's Ursa from here? Left. This also includes the Isle of um, the Isle of Arran, which um, I'm pretty sure your friend and mine, Zoe Tomlin, is from. Oh, interesting! What, wow, what an Isle to be from. They have a very no. No, I'm thinking of Harris. Uh, Aaron. I feel like I've had a gin from Aaron. Maybe it was Harris. Look, this is not important. <laughs> it's um. It's a remote. It's a remote old place to be from. It's a remote old place to be from. It's. I mean. I have to. Like, obviously, it was a very stupid and irresponsible thing to do. But I have to admire it. I have to admire the gumption. Yes. I'm I'm more in admiration of it than I am in condemnation for it. Yes. I mean, he's done little more harm than someone going over for a, a cheeky dinner party. Without the four-hour jet ski ride. Ah, well... Um, the the bit of the article I didn't read out is that him and this girl then immediately went and partied at two very crowded nightclubs. Does this guy not need to sleep? <laughs> what on earth? It's just honest jet ski thumbing MDMA into his fr- shivering mouth. Wait, where did they go to party? At uh, nightclubs. Well, so the nightclubs are open. It's the Isle of Man. The Isle of Man's been COVID-free since, like, fucking April. Oh, shit. That's why they're so oh, strict. that's why they're so touchy. Yeah, the Isle of Man's nailing it. The Isle of Man, because it's a small system and we're not run by a, a big haystack full of jizz, um, yeah. managed to figure out the whole you have to stop letting new people arrive and you have to figure out who's already got coronavirus thing pretty early on. So, yeah, no, the Isle of Man's it's self-governing. It's a different system. That's why they can jail you for your jet ski antics. Interesting. Well, that's the downside, I guess, to a COVID-free society. Jet ski totalitarianism. <laughs> yeah, jet ski Nazis. <laughs> jet ski Nazis sounds like a great movie. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a terrifying gang to have to fight off. <laughs> 
optimism from Wang. I think it's a gentleman's bet. A good old-fashioned Victorian gentleman's bet. Yes, a wager. Finally, our own wager. I mean, it. it, it I guess it's more possible. It's more likely than ever. But seeing as it's, it will always be within the power of both parties to postpone this and not suffer a an economic and geopolitical catastrophe. That they will. You know what I mean. <laughs> Do you think it's just going to happen forever? Yeah. Pretty much. It would be funny. It would be funny if it genuinely took so long that it just everyone forgot that they'd done it. Yeah, I mean, that's the dream. My dream was always that it just dragged on so long people forgot that they voted for breakfast, Brexit, and... <laughs> it's so profoundly stupid. What a, What a tremendous waste of time, money... Pain, emotional hurt, distress, uh, ink, paper, bandwidth, just the most profound waste. It's um, it's pretty astonishing, and it's quite funny. I mean, the people who are pro-Brexit on Twitter, I think, are more sensitive about it than ever as a result, because it's, cause it's coming down to crunch time. Um, mm. There's been an uptick, I noticed, in sensitivity. Um, and then there's a few very funny surveys that, uh, not intentionally funny, but they were just like, God, we've surveyed the British population. And it's amazing, like, like, of the people who have an opinion on Brexit, almost none of them have changed their mind since the referendum. And I was like, well, yeah, nothing's happened. No one's been proven mm. right one way or the other. Uh, yes. Well... I think Remainers have been proved right since day one. Well, yeah. I mean, of course we think that. But what I mean is, like, because it hasn't happened yet, if you think, like, no, I have a funny feeling, it's all going to be okay, then you can just still right, think that. Right, I see, I see. Because it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now, coronavirus is the perfect cover for the economic damage it'll cause, because it'll do all this economic damage. And everyone go, God, if only we could tell what was the plague and what was Brexit. Oh, oh well. Let's just assume it was all the plague. Oh, well, back to my toast supper. (laughs) Yes. Or is that the Daily Mail's little thing? (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry about Brexit. You can have egg on toast. (laughs) Three courses straight. (laughs) Chips, egg on toast, toast, beer. I mean, the thing is, Brexit voters will notice no difference in their diet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the that's the that's the cruel <laughs> irony of it all. Well, we've we've just signed um a wonderful open trade deal with Vietnam. Maybe just everyone will just be eating pho. Wow! Imagine, imagine. That's what I. Uh, <laughs> that's that what that's what I find funny about uh, the Brexiteers is like. Well, after this, we'll be able to trade with whoever we want across the globe, not just Europe. I'm just really looking forward to these red-nosed Brexiteers eating, like, Chinese water snails <laughs> and... <laughs> really weird. And, like, Vietnamese offal. Yeah. It's like, really oh, well, little... enjoy. This is... I guess this is what food, the food that you were gagging after. <laughs> weird little whole crabs. <laughs> <laughs> 
At last, I can have hundreds of tiny whole crabs in this soup. At last, the ground tiger claw medication that Brussels so cruelly <laughs> kept out of my grasp for decades. <laughs> my boners have never been stronger. And I'm going to point my first post-Brexit boner straight at Brussels. Um, yes, uh, I, I, uh, uh, oh, that was the other thing in the, that, in the Daily Mail that went around all the WhatsApp groups you and me are in, Phil, is that all, all, all the comedians are a bunch of lefty lovies. I mean, this is a story that just comes back every... Four months? Four months. Yeah, every... Yeah, they, they just say the same thing again. Did you know that comedy is... Quite left-wing. It's like, yes. <laughs> yes, I did. And the newspaper's like, why don't the th- three right-wing comedians have their own 24-hour channel? <laughs> it just I don't know what you want out of this. Rolling news from them. Yeah. I don't... Um, what I don't get is they sort of go, oh, it's terribly biased and... You know, da 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 da, and we we want our own, you know, quota system or whatever. And then it's sort of as weird as as, I mean, investment banking is 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 skewed the other way, and that's more powerful. Mm, what, mm, mm. My question is, why do they want comedy? Is it just because the left wing has got a shiny toy and they don't want them to have it? Because the right wing has all the power and all the money and makes all the decisions and has won everything all the time. So yeah, but you have to understand. But like, comedy and humor is is something that is so um, envied. It's. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, as a funny person, you have this inalienable d- dominance in a way over people, and mm. it's not like it's. It's not. It's not a. It's not a particularly potent dominance. It doesn't have all that many real world consequences. But like, you know, I've done gigs, corporate gigs. You know, I've I've met rich and very powerful people, far richer, more powerful than I am. But who can't tell a joke to save their life. And they try. They try again and again in front of me to be funny. And they cannot do it. And when they watch me be funny, you can you, you can see this envy in their eyes. This hunger for something they can never... It's like I'm a beautiful young woman and they're just like an old, disgusting, rich man. They can't have what I have. And all their power and all their money cannot buy what I have. Which is... I'm funny. And it's this envy... In this you, comedy is uniquely enviable. A good sense of humor is uniquely enviable. There's no pleasure like the pleasure of making someone laugh. And I think, yeah. I think that is what is envied by the right because it, it, it's not a tit for tat. You, you can't go well. They have comedy, we have um, legislative power because there's no replacement for the sense yeah. of power that making someone laugh. Yeah, and they they know. You. That having a lack of humor means that they're not the fun ones. Mm, 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 that's right. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a part of it because uh, I think it's a British thing as well. We're like, 
someone would rather be accused of being some kind of awful sex criminal than have no sense of humor. <laughs> mm, Pe- mm, mm. People socially would be more easily able to recover from someone going, I think he might be some sort of freaky sex criminal than someone going like, oh, he's got no sense of humor. He's got no sense That's of humor. That's right. That's a good point. And also because, you need, like, especially in Britain, a good sense of humor and comedy, the British comedic tradition is so intrinsically tied into Britishness itself. And mm. if you're on the right, you're probably quite, like, patriotic. You're quite proud about British values and, you know, you're quite proud about the things that Britain's good at. One of those, you have to concede, is comedy. So, and if that's, if you don't have a claim to that, then you don't have a claim to a, a, a big part, a big and popular element of British identity, right? Yeah, that's true. And and they're just constantly having to discover that all their old comedy heroes or all the new comedy people think that they are mad or stupid. Mm. Or at the very mm. least fundamentally disagree with all of their values, <laughs> which must sting. But also... And, you know, an inherent flaw in the argument that British comedy or like mainstream comedy is left wing is a conflation of things that are not right wing with being right wing or, you know, a conflation of things that are not left wing being left wing. Like, you know, one of their complaints is that comedians are too often anti-Brexit, but like Brexit is not really a left right thing. There are some correlations, but... There are plenty of Tories who hate Brexit. Yeah. And there are some fucking mad left-wingers who think Brexit's going to be good for the socialist utopia. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's inherent in their complaints is an under, a misunderstanding of what left and right are. Yeah, and they also seem to have decided that unless someone starts their comedy set by going, I am right-wing, then they're left-wing. That's right. I mean, they, they've included people like, you know, Ramesh Ranganathan among the left-wing comedy cabal. Ramesh is, if anything, politically neutral. He doesn't really make any political statements. Yeah, I mean, would it, would you particularly say that, like, Michael McIntyre is left-wing? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> because he doesn't have a sort of fun observational bit about, ooh, taxes! Like, he's just suddenly going on about tariff rates and stuff. It says a lot about their inherent insecurity that if a comedian doesn't express... A, a, a right-wing affiliation. They presume they are left-wing. <laughs> and also, it's, well, it's, it's basically, their demand for a quota or whatever is, is, is the end result of, of having quotas for anything, or at least they'd want it to be, right? That's the stick they're using to beat the BBC with. Whether they want a quota for right-wing well, they're saying, they're saying if there's going to be a system with any quotas, where's ours? Where's our slice of the quota pie? Right, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the risk you, you run if you introduce quotas, because then everyone expects a slice of the quota pie. So that's the Daily Mail going like, well, you know, statistically, one in every three comedians should just be a, a sh- sort of shyer Tory. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's uh, the difference between... That's, uh, yeah, that's the difficulty with quotas. That's the danger. But you know, I mean, it's good. It's good news. But you know, I'm thinking. I've been thinking about this, and it's it's you know, it comes back to that argument about representation, right? And what representation actually is, or what where representation should be. And 
I th- in the you have to understand. I think that there are two types of representation. You have proportional representation and corrective or adjustive representation. So, like proportional representation is where you know forty percent of uh, well, maybe more than that, sixty percent of the UK are conservative voting. So, sixty percent of comedians are conservative. But corrective representation is say, well, the conservatives have too much of a power hold over the UK. So to address that balance, this should, comedy should be weighed in the opposite direction. That would be corrective representation. Yeah. But because we can't decide if we want corrective representation or proportional representation, we end up in these perennial battles about something whose definitions we haven't even defined yet. Yeah, and I mean, the, the other thing is that if the, com- a lot of comedy is about satire... And if you have all the power, then you're going to get satirized. Yes. Um, you know, regardless. I mean, I, I, I did a tweet about it that did well. And Phil, can I just say, the greatest decision I ever made is ticking that thing on Twitter that says, if, I, if you don't follow me, I don't see your fucking notification. That is good. I've been tempted to do that, but it's great. I've seen the fucking nutters. But you, you, you're, yeah, your tweet was good though. And um, what was it again? Oh, it was. Um, it's terrible how much satire is aimed at the Conservative government, and none is aimed at any of our other governments. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's good. I mean, it, they seem to have forgotten that uh, the Tories have been in power so long; they've forgotten that Tony Blair was a subject of. A lot of pretty eviscerating satire. I mean, do they, <laughs> have they already forgotten 2003 onwards? Yeah, I mean, have, have they forgotten that, like, satirical shows openly called for him to be trialled for war crimes and executed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty extreme stuff. It's pretty serious. But, like, they've won so much that they've forgotten they've won. They've just won everything. They get everything they want. They have Brexit. They have the government. They have the education system change. They have this. They have that. They have the economy. Everything. They just win after win after win. And they're still just obsessed with a mock the week one-liner. They're that girl in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The spoilt girl. <laughs> Veruca Salt. That's it, Yeah. <laughs> But I want Mark the Week too, Daddy. Something like that. <laughs> it's funny. It's like if the like I've made this comparison before, but them reacting to just like Mark the Week one-liners is like if the Queen replied to tweets that criticised her. Mm. That's the power differential. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What on? Yeah, what does it matter? But you know, the cultural dominance is is a tantalizing thing. You know, I think yeah. I, I think, but I think the left has some self awareness to work on here as well. Uh, and the left should understand where the right's coming from to an extent, and understand that there are different types of power. Yes. Um, yeah. Because I think too often the left go, well, why should what what why should you have comedy? We're the ones with no power. You have all the power, but you know there's different types of power, isn't there? It's the power that the government has, and then there's a social cultural power that a musician has, or 
a filmmaker has, you know. So I think the left it can sometimes be a little dishonest about the power that deep down they, they know they hold over an element of of modern life. An aspect of modern life. Yeah, I think that's well. That is definitely true. But then I'm 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 only ever receptive to the complaints of of these people if they say if they say that it was about you know like laziness or the type of the type of satire. Then then we can get into a discussion on what's worth you know subsidising and what's not worth subsidising. But then they also want the BBC to just be destroyed and become private. At which point they'll have no right to fucking complain ever again, and their favourite hobby will be gone. <laughs> I mean, they always talk about it as if it's what they want, but then what would just happen, I think, is that the BBC would become like the wealthiest and like most incredibly powerful private, largely progressive media company on earth. I mean, the amount of intellectual property. You really think that? Yeah, the amount of intellectual property it holds that it could just immediately monetize. The amount of money it would make from advertising. It would just be astonishing. It might not. It might not stay left wing and progressive, but it would immediately become this enormous, like media titan. Right, right. I, I, I just don't know if it has the inbuilt business acumen. Oh, there'd, there'd be to catalyze. A, oh no, no. They, you'd you'd bring in new people, and there'd be a huge purge of of of, yeah, of crusties. Yeah. yeah, there'd be a crusty be, purge. Be a, a terrible. <laughs> Oh god, I think I've got a crusty purge. I knew I should have worn a condom. <laughs> oh, god, oh god. I think I saw Crusty Purge at the Athenium. <laughs> in uh, 38. In <laughs> 38. Yeah, in 38. <laughs> this is when uh, Podbuds find out that Pierre is ageless. Yes, I I'm I'm more like a sort of sentient gas than a than a man. Yeah, or like a, a jellyfish. <laughs> yes yes the like the theory turtle. the theory is that my brain is in my tentacles but no one's quite sure yet technically he never dies he will never die yeah yeah is that right about jellyfish they sort of they, they, their brain is just kind of a nervous system that's right they're sort of just not alive enough that they never technically die they're yeah. they're about as close to a rock as an animal can get <laughs> What have you ever eaten jellyfish? Sure. What's it like? I'm from Asia, aren't I? That's true. You are from Asia. I've had jellyfish salad, I think, which is like a cold, you know, like cold cuts of jellyfish, and it's what? um what <laughs> what it's it's perfectly fine. It's more of a textural thing, as with all the weird critters. It's more of a texture. It's like a, it's a kind of rubbery, bouncy. It's kind of like a slightly less chewy squid. Yeah, it looks like it would be a bit softer to eat than squid because it's it's jelly. It's jelly. It's a fish of made of made of jelly. But what does it taste like? Not very much. Just nothing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. What? As far as I can remember, I mean, it tastes of whatever fucking sauce you put on it, <laughs> which is how most of these things are. Like, I ate crocodile once, and it's it just tastes of nothing. There's usually a reason why these animals aren't. Eaten worldwide, and it's not—it's not really because they're gross. It's just because they don't really taste of anything. Yeah, that's true. I'm still—I'm still really—I'm I'm still reeling at the idea of a jellyfish salad. <laughs> <laughs> a jellyfish salad sounds like a massive fuck up. 
<laughs> Brexit's turning into a real jellyfish salad. Yes. yes, can Boris pull this back from turning into a jellyfish salad? <laughs> a jellyfish salad sounds like either a massive fuck-up or like um, one of the few Beatles songs written by Ringo Starr. Yes, yes, exactly. Because he wrote Octopus's Garden. Would you have a jellyfish salad with me? Would you have a jellyfish salad with me? Yeah, exactly. Would you have it and you skip it in the album? Yeah. Would you have it? Next. Yeah, the track before it's a mind-bending multi-harmonic like so many key changes <laughs> it makes you rethink the very idea of, of, of structure and harmony in music and then that ends and then it's Ringo fucking go it's got tomatoes it's got some lettuce but oh here comes the tricky part <laughs> It's a jellyfish salad. And it's fucking a jellyfish salad. Someone's playing the fucking spoons. <laughs> Keep your tentacles off my jellyfish salad. Started and <laughs> yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's released on its own, like clown-coloured fucking seven-inch LP. <laughs> I mean, he's the Boris of the Beatles. <laughs> Ringo Starr was the Boris Johnson of the Beatles I still, every now and then I like to go back and watch his Peace and Love video Oh, is that when he's telling people to please stop to sending him fan mail? Yeah, because he had a thing where he said Whatever you send me, I will sign it <laughs> For years And that turned into a real jellyfish salad And he had to <laughs> tell everyone to stop That's where he got the idea for the song, yeah <laughs> <laughs> My hand hurts from signing all these. Yeah, just it's what, it's what a pile of unopened white envelopes looks like—a big jellyfish salad. <laughs> I just love that video. Peace and love. I am warning you for the last time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Joker telling Gotham City's poison the reservoir. <laughs> yeah. I'm warning you. By midnight tonight, to stop sending me letters. I do like, yeah, I do like the letters, idea of letters. Someone saying the Beatles act. The Beatles accent is a weird one. It's sort of a made-up accent. Well, it's, old, it's not Liverpudlian. It's old Liverpool. That 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 really strong Scouse accent didn't used to be the whole city. Apparently, it used to just be like bang in the center. And now that's like grown. Like that's dominated now. Right. 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 I don't know if they would have been as charming if they had the super aggressive Liber- Scouse accent. Their Liverpool accent sort of the no, it's like a, 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 it's basically like an other person with with a cold. <laughs> a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a it's someone from Yorkshire with a cold. Lancashire, hey, watch out. What? Well, no, because no, I'm saying the the accents like, well. I can't differentiate between the two enough, but it's uh, broad northern with a cold. <laughs> yeah, I am warning you with peace and love. I love the idea of warning someone with peace and love. It's such a funny phrase. 
Yeah, it's the kind of thing uh, a Corbinite would say. That's good. That's that's a fun bit of news. Oh, which that, is uh, Jeremy Corbyn uh, started a, a new movement. I mean, in classic vague style, <laughs> he started a project called Peace and Justice, <laughs> and said that it's it's an organization that's going to try to uh, build solidarity across the just words, just an octo, uh, it's just a, an octopus, a jellyfish salad of words. It's just <laughs> meaningless stuff, and. Also in classic uh, useless Jeremy Corbyn style, he didn't buy the domain name, so someone else bought it and changed everything. Yeah, into into jokes. Really funny, really funny. Brilliant, like, very good stuff. Not even not even quick enough off the mark to to do something that is instantaneous. Yeah, Just purchasing a domain for the big organization. But I know what you mean. Like if you if you ever read the the mission statement of some organization like this, they just go, "We are a, a multi-armed, uh, multi-faith, inclusive cultural mission aiming to propagate." Solidarity and the greater notion of, and it's just like someone's put a hand grenade in a dictionary. Yeah, yeah. It, their their mission statement is like just letting predictive text fill out. <laughs> you know, you just like say say the, and then just keep hitting predictive text and see what the phone comes up with. That's what these websites read like. <laughs> they read like a scam for 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 grandmas. Oh, absolutely. Like a fraudulent GoFundMe. They read like a fraudulent GoFundMe that's just like, yeah, we're aiming to really minimize the violence in the world. And you're like, Ryan, you want 20 pounds? They go, yeah, for the goals, yeah? I mean, he's not even trying to hide the cult element of it. Now, he, he look, on this video, this launch video, he looks like fucking L. Ron Hubbard <laughs> in his eerie steel blue suit. And... <laughs> Bad video transition. <laughs> I just... I mean, he's fucking old, right? At what point do you just go, I don't need to do any more of this stuff. I don't need to sit in a little room and film myself talking about peace and love anymore. Well, because he's got a taste of it now. He's got a taste of that, that celebrity. That sweet, sweet and taste. Yeah, and he, like he, he doesn't have the wherewithal to really do anything with it, as he's proved, but he still doesn't <laughs> want to let it go entirely. He's an egotist, fundamentally. He's a total ego- egomaniac. Yeah, this I is, do. You know, a lot of bad things have been said about Jerry, Jeremy Corbyn, and a lot of them are true, but one that people don't talk about enough is just how he's fucking full of himself. Yeah, I mean, he, he like uh, that's. I think that's behind how badly he reacts when someone just asks him a question about an enormous inconsistency in his position. <laughs> and he looks at them like they're absolute scum and he's like oh. he, he, he reacts like it's he reacts like he has been kept awake by death metal in Guantanamo Bay and it's the 47th time they've asked him that <laughs> he reacts like they've just pissed in his jellyfish salad <laughs> which is what you're supposed to do <laughs> yeah it really brings out the flavours <laughs> if, if there's any stingers in there you know <laughs> yes, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what they, you know what they say. If you end up with a jellyfish salad, you're supposed to piss in it. You have to piss in it to, to yeah to neutralize all the stings. Maybe we should start a kind of incredibly vague, well-meaning cult. Well, we have, haven't we? That's what this is. This is that's what this has always been for me. <laughs> 
I'd say we're somewhat well-meaning, but I mean, we could start the Bud Pod, the the Bud Pod anti-murder club. Yes, yes we're against yes, yes. murder here. That's right. This is this is a proudly anti-murder podcast. You are and listening. What other podcasts can you say have claimed that? Yeah. Not many. Yeah, I can't think of one. You're listening. You're listening to the, to only, the only anti-murder podcast. We are the only anti-murder podcast. <laughs> Isn't that terrifying? Isn't that a damning indictment of on the on the world that we live in? That but, we are the only anti-murder podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listener, if you're listening to this, you should boycott every other podcast until they also come out as anti-murder. I think that's a great bit of merch. T-shirt that say, I am anti-murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't be a chump. Don't murder. <laughs> like anti-drug stuff, like for kids, that kind of level of rhetoric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... What kind of thing would they say? Like, weed is for... What if they say, like, weed is for fools, weed is for dummies, weed is for... Uh... Um, Grass it would, is it would, for it'd be a dumbass. It would be a picture of, like, a policeman with a wagging finger, like a, like a, like a clip-art policeman. And it would yeah. be like, uh, if someone offers you a murder, say, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your nearest grown-up. Not even once. That's what. That's the. <laughs> that's what I would say about murder. <laughs> Not even once. <laughs> Don't even try it. <laughs> this is your brain, and this is your brain on murder. Murder, not even once. That's good. I, that, that's that's a t-shirt. I think that's really funny. Yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> the thing is, kids, you have to watch out for falling in for one of these gateway murders. <laughs> uh, get, get you into it. What would gateway murder be like? An like an t- attempted murder? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, grievous bodily harm. Conspiracy to murder. Yeah. Yeah, conspiracy to murder. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and you know what, Phil? We're anti-murder, and we're anti-things that seem to make murder a game, like Cluedo. That's right. Disgusting. Murder's no laughing matter, Cluedo. It's disgusting what Cluedo, Cluedo has done to our kids with regards to murder. Oh, oh, who who turned our kids into murderers? It was Cluedo in the living room with a board game. <laughs> Uh, that's funny well shall we not murder some correspondence yes letters emails emails phone correspondence let's find ourselves an email let's find ourselves an email <laughs> oh, I get slightly stressed when I scroll through the acres of emails we have. <laughs> the jellyfish salad of e- we we should we should put out a Ringo esque message with <laughs> peace and love. Stop sending us correspondence. 
I'm warning you for the last time. With we and poo, stop sending us your emails. We and poo, we and poo. Uh, uh, um. <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm still laughing at the Cluedo thing. I just love the idea of us standing with the grieving family of Colonel Mustard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Right, so we've got an email from Alexandra. Alexandra! Mm. Uh, we we wept because there were no more correspondences for us. Is that where Alexander said that? Oh, well, this is Alexandra, but yes. Alexandra. Okay, I'm thinking of Alexandria. I think he said it on the coast of... He's supposed to have said it, like, on the coast of India. Oh, okay. You got far, that boy. Yeah, real gap gap yeah. The original gap yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, she says, Greetings from up north. Oh, we were just talking about you. We were just talking about the north. I previously shared some of my most favourite short poo stories with you. A selection. This of is good. We haven't done our our our, our, our uh, Podbuzz accents before. That's true. It's dangerous A selection of puppetizers, um, if you will. Yes, I think we should do it. Yeah, I think I'm going to do it. It's 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 a test of our listeners' faith to put up with this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so uh, she says, I previously shared some of my most favourite short post stories uh, with you. A selection of uh, puppetizers, if you will. And a will. Thanks very much. Um, <laughs> small recap. I pooed in the bath. My sister shat me Nana's joggers and shat her entire bedroom. See, this makes a lot more sense to me now. <laughs> this story with the accent. I do remember those stories as well. Your 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 sister shitting her bedroom made me laugh a lot. <laughs> Uh, side note before I take you on a trip into my shit story uh, your sharp eyes picked up on my use of ma'am and guessed I was possibly Irish or from the northeast very close but I'm actually from Cumbria oh Cumbria I can't do a Cumbrian accent but it's a very nice accent this is a lovely part of the country Cumbria don't mind it at all best best service station in the country which one's that Um, oh it's in Cumbria what's it called it's amazing. It's like it's got like a good restaurant. Oh yes, I think I know the one. Is it the one that looks out onto like beautiful meadows? Yes, 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 yes. Mm, yeah, I know the tea one. Bay. I remember it. And it's all uh, tea bay. Yes, yes, yes. And it's all like incredible. organic, freshly incredible. baked, freshly baked petrol, freshly baked petrol. Anyway, so she says, uh, after sharing the episode in which you... I'm just going to abandon the accent at this point, now that I know I can't do a Cumbrian accent. Um, Yeah. After sharing the episode in which you read out my email with my mam and sister, my mam said, why don't you tell them about when your sister shit in the swimming baths? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I like this, mum. Oh, you should tell them about the time... Uh, I'm not going to try the accent anyway. You should tell them about the time your sister shat in the uh, swimming baths. Go on. Tell the funny lads about the poo in the bath. <laughs> On a visit to the local swimming bath with my mam and, and nana, mama nana, with my mama nana, um, 
We were splashing merrily in the kiddie pool when my sister announced she needed the toilet. I was still a baby, and so my nana offered to take her while my mam stayed with me. Unfortunately, the old slip and slide opened a bit too soon uh, for my sister. Oh, very good. Yeah. Upon discovering that she had, in fact, shat her swimming costume, my nana made an attempt to clean her up in the communal showers. Just as a perfect little log made a bid for freedom out of her swimming costume and into a nearby drain, a gentleman walked in, assessed the situation, no. turned heel, and left. No, yuck! <laughs> was it yuck. the smell, or the fact that my nana was attempting to collect the slimy deposit my sister had left, like a prisoner trying <laughs> no. to pick up a loose bar of soap? <laughs> this crouched old lady. Come here! All right. <laughs> Oh, that is gross. Yes. Uh, There's nothing two. like a fl- nothing worse than a floater. Yeah. Yeah. Why clear. has no one done like a stu- has a study been done on the physics of floaters? I think it's a higher fat content. Ugh! <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> I'd always presume that that like it was, it was to do with, like an air pocket getting trapped, well, like a hollow poop. In- yeah. Exactly. 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 <laughs> like it's a geode. Like right, yeah. Like it's like it's got a swim bladder. I like you crack it open and it's full of sort of purple crystals. <laughs> why is that purple? Why is that more disgusting than the idea of air that is full of crystals? <laughs> Pre- precious gems. Ugh. That's it's- how much. That's how much pressure you put on it when you squeeze it out. <laughs> Yeah, a, a geologist has to hold it up and go, and it's only in the most the most incredible pressure deep inside the bum. <laughs> we can learn so much about how bums work from just looking at these crystals. <laughs> Giving us new insights into how the bum was formed. <laughs> Millions of years ago. <laughs> Uh. So, um, (laughs) story number two, Uh, Alex says, I work for a very small company, and my boss is an elderly gentleman who is a lovely, if not slightly quirky man. Ah, perfect. He arrived to work one morning after a session at the gym and immediately complained of not feeling too well and having stomach cramps. He put this down to eating a tuna steak the night before, which he had forgotten to put in the fridge after he cooked it. It sat on his kitchen worktop for 24 hours in the middle of summer. For God's sake, man. <laughs> now, I am no doctor, but that sounds like a one-way ticket to Brown Town. <laughs> All aboard. <laughs> yes. We sat in silence for 30 minutes or so when my boss sat bolt upright and proclaimed, Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! This, this is always my favorite part of the story—the realization. Yeah, the the bit where in the movie you'd zoom in on their eye and their pupil would go really small. <laughs> <laughs> Said, "Oh no!" Got up and ran out of the room. He was gone for twenty minutes or so before I heard him gently call my name from the men's loo. <laughs> Alexandra, <laughs> Alexandra. <laughs> Like a ghost. Like a ghost, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of Pooh's past. Yeah. Our office is on the same floor as the toilets, just on the other side of a large reception area. He then requested that I fetch his gym clothes to the toilet door, along with cleaning materials. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It was at this point I realized the phrase, and any other duties your employer deems necessary to your role, had been stretched a bit thin. <laughs> a little while later, he re-emerged, wearing the same trousers he went in with, but a different shirt. Oh, Wow. That's that's a that's a that's a turn up for the books. So that's a, so she's think she's she's she says my mind went through a lot of possibilities, as it would you, you're sitting going right. So the Poe destroyed your shirt, but not your pants. But your pants is where your bum is. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on there? So she says my mind went through lots of possibilities, but I need not have guessed. He proceeded to tell me the whole sorry tale. Uh, he had made it to the toilet and dropped his pants just in time for him to bend over and spray the wall behind him and the tail of his shirt. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like like he was a like he was a concert pianist sitting down at a <laughs> just f- flipping freehandedly flipping his tail up as he sat down to the piano. Just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just shitting with such force that your own shirt tail billows behind you. <laughs> like your Doctor Strange. <laughs> all sort of orange portals flying all around you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, he'd made it just in time to the toilet uh, to drop his pants and bend over and spray the wall behind him and the tail of his shirt. He had spent the best part of an hour cleaning up the mural he had created. Oh my gosh! Wow! It's just of the tuna. I, the tuna's I, revenge. It's something I find so funny about the idea that something as as innocent as eating a tuna steak could result in you tr- absolutely exhausted trying to mop up a a mural of your own shit. <laughs> the consequences mm. are so disproportionate and d- disgusting. They really are. Oh. They really, really are. There's no justice when it comes to eating a tuna steak you've left in the sun for a day. Yeah. It's very much like the end of War of the Worlds when they're brought down by a tiny bug. It's like, we're these powerful humans and we catch a tuna. But like, (laughs) we live in the sun and it makes us... Exactly. Exactly. It's embarrassing. Um, Yes. Oh, and uh, praise redacted from Claire... Uh, who is a Pistorian, a full, or became a full Pistorian a few months ago. Thank you very much. Oh, congratulations. You'll be getting a certificate uh, soon. Pierre will be taking it to you on a jet ski. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, thank you very much for that, Alex. And uh, good luck with your mural creating boss. Hopefully he stays away from seafood from now on. <laughs> Thanks so much, Alex. And sorry we couldn't get through more correspondence. We just um, we were just a couple of chatty cathies today. A couple of talking Terries. Um, but we haven't even spoken about going into tier three. London going into tier three. At this point, it's like, oh yeah, what fucking? I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> yes, it's like yeah, someone I'm saying, sure. Yeah, you're on double secret probation. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> uh. Yeah, but I hope everyone's doing okay. Yep. Um, and have a good week, and we'll see you next time. See you next time, guys. Thanks very much for downloading and listening to it, innit? Uh, thank you. Bye. Bye. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.